in Jesus' name. As you give right now, would you help me welcome to this platform a dear friend of ours, probably the greatest preacher on the planet. It is so good to have Pastor David Edmondson back with us at the North Georgia Revival, bringing the word. Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord for Pastor David Edmondson. Hallelujah. God is good. Give somebody a high five before you're seated. Even if you don't want to, you got to be obedient. Glory to God forever. I tell you, how do you uh, top those testimonies? Amazing, amazing what God is doing. Um, thank you for letting me be here. It's been a minute. I've uh, been a little while. Uh, but God is good. I'm excited to be back and uh, just thank God for what he's doing. We've been able to, to stay in touch from afar, but uh, definitely staying in touch and a part of what God's doing. And uh, so we thank God for that. Um, All righty, I'm going to. I'm going to. So I'm about to get in my zone and do my thing. But before I do, we're going to pray. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God, that, Father, as I was praying before I came, and God, as you told me, as you often do, that there's angels being in campground and about me tonight, God, and then pastor stands up and says that you told him many months ago that angels would be dispatched to this place that is out of the mouths of two or three, let everything be established. And God, I thank you tonight that we'll have a holy encounter in this place. Every person, those children, everyone will have an encounter with the presence of the living God. We put hell on notice that you are defeated. We remind you, <laughs> you're defeated. And we tell you, you got about five seconds to flee this place as in terror running from here. Because I'm about to preach the Word of God, the living Word of God, the inspired, infallible Word of God. So, Father, we thank you tonight that your Word will go forth and perform that that you've declared it to perform. In Jesus' name, amen. Shout glory. Shout glory again. One more time. Amen. If you would, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, hallelujah, that's where we're going to draw our text from, Acts 16, we're going to start in verse 25 and read down to verse 40, it's a story that we all know, let me, as you're turning, I'm going to build a foundation uh, to, to, to bring this word on, uh, the scripture finds us with Paul and Silas and some of the disciples and they're traveling and they get to a city where the city is gripped with a false prophetic spirit. Uh, this is where we read in the Bible where Paul and Silas are going to pray and as they go to pray, this young lady would follow them at the hour of prayer and she would be declaring, these men are of the living God. These men are of God. And she did that for several days, following them. What she was declaring was not the problem. What she was promoting was the problem. I think that would, uh, I want to take it just a little side road here as I feel the Spirit of the Lord. Maybe that's where we've missed it in the 21st century church. What we're saying is not necessarily a problem, but who we're promoting is a problem. Y'all missed your chance to say amen right there and get back at all the preachers you've been mad at. But anyways, so it goes on for several days, and, and then all of a sudden, it's like the Lord said, handle it now. See, it's one thing to have faith in God. It's another thing to trust God. Faith offers no time schedule. Faith presents the miraculous. Faith shows up and things begin to happen. But we can have faith in God and not really know Him. 
But to trust him, you got to know him. Because trust brings in the time element. The just live by faith is what your word says. But we have a relationship with God through trust. Faith says I'll have it tonight. Trust says if I don't get it tonight, I'll get it tomorrow night. If you waiting on me to preach, you slow. So they go and they know the spirit because the Bible says to judge the spirits and see if they be of God. They, they understand the spirit that's coming after them because they don't want this woman. The whole city knew and not only did they know the spirit that this woman operated in, they profited from it. They profited from this spirit. Many of the leaders profited from this spirit. So they didn't want her declaring who they were because they didn't want the spirit to be glorified that offered her prophecy. Are you here? So all of a sudden, Paul turns and God says, handle it now. And what he put up with for about three days now came. Pastor Marty's getting him a piece of gum. I said, now came. Remember how you started the service today? Now, right? See, y'all done forgot. Because you got to learn to pick up on things. To hear what God's saying, we wait for God, we wait for God to speak, and when we hear part of it, we go out rejoicing. We got to wait and keep hearing what he's saying. So all of a sudden, now came, Paul turns around and cast the devil out of her. In public, right in front of everybody, cast the devil out of her. And then the magistrates, now he was under, the, the, this city was under Roman government. The magistrates got mad. The head people, not the peasants, the leaders got mad because of the demonstration that Paul presented in public. And they knew that they, now that the spirit was gone, their income, their ability to profit off of this spirit was now gone. So they get mad. They rise up against Paul and Silas. They strip them of their clothes. They beat them. They don't just country whoop them. They strike them to almost death. Throw them into prison. Are you with me? This brings us to our scripture. Verse 16, or verse uh, 25 of chapter 16. Devil, you a liar. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. We could preach right there. And sang praises to God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly... There was a great earthquake. What God did in the prison did not just affect the prison. He didn't just shake the earth in the prison. The whole city felt it. The whole region felt it. If we had an earthquake right here, God forbid, in Dawsonville, you would feel it in Flowery Branch. You may feel it in Atlanta. You may feel it up in Cherokee, North Carolina. It's important. An earthquake happened so that the foundations of the prison were shaking. God showed up. And immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were loosed. The reason the enemy wants to keep you in bonds and in prison and in addiction, it's not just because of you, but it's because of who you touch, who you can reach. If one can set a thousand, good God, I feel like preaching. Two can set 10,000. I feel the Holy Ghost. And the keeper of the prison, oh, thank you, Jesus. The Lord said, stop right there. Now watch this. They had been beaten. 
They had been unjustly incarcerated. They had been falsely condemned. They didn't deserve where they were. Here they are. They're praying. They're worshiping God, praising God, probably to get out of the prison. Watch this now. And all of a sudden, in the middle of their torment and their prayer and their faith is high, God steps in with an earthquake, opens the prison doors. Paul looks out the prison and seemingly says, I ain't going yet. Now, we hadn't got to that place yet. I grew up in church, and, and I grew up in, in a faith that, that most of us has. We, we were so beat down, and our faith was so beat down, and we were so seemingly emasculated, uh, had no identity because we were in, in so much. We preached faith, but we were the most bound people. We preached healing and we were the sickest. We preached against sin and lust. We were the most lustful and sinful. Do you understand? And we, we, and just at the scent of freedom, we would take off running out of the prison. Many of you in here have been believing God for something and fighting the enemy and the attacks of the onslaught of the enemy for something. If God were to cause an earthquake and open these doors and open your prison, you wouldn't even ask a question. You won't out so bad. You would just take off running out of the prison. Paul looked out and said, I ain't leaving yet. The keeper of the prison awaked out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners has, had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm. We hadn't left yet. Good God Almighty. We ain't going nowhere yet. Then he called for a light, and it sprang in and came trembling, fell down at Paul and Silas, and brought them out, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? My God, if the church could ever get free. I believe it's tonight. They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in all your house. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Whoo! God just said in my spirit tonight, I've come to save households. My God, if you don't receive it, I receive it for my own house. Not just me, not just my wife, but my whole house shall be saved and serve God. Hallelujah. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized. He and all his straightway, means immediately, without question. They didn't talk about why do I got to be baptized? Where's that in the Bible? Where's that fit in my theology? Because when you get really saved, you don't care. You just want more of him. If they say jump in the water, I'm going to jump in the water. Because I've been changed. I'm newborn now. All my life has been rearranged. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me get to my message. They were baptized. And when he had brought them into his house... He set meat before them and rejoiced, believing God with all of his house. And when it was day, watch this now, the magistrates and the surgeons saying, let those men go. Why did they have a change of heart? Because they experienced an earthquake. They put them jokers in prison, and that night an earthquake happened. They said, go get them. We done messed with the wrong ones now. They had put plenty of people in prison. They had falsely condemned many people.
people, but they done messed with the wrong one now. Let me take an intermission and just prophesy to the ha to hell and the devil. You done messed with the wrong one now. I'm not worried about getting out of my prison. I'm going to make you. You're going to wish you never messed with this old boy. That's got to be your attitude. You got to quit wanting out of the situation so bad. God wouldn't let his children come out of Egypt until they went to their enemy and took all their gold and silver. He said, I know you want out. I know it's been 400 years, but before you go out, don't go out empty. Go get their gold and silver. Make the enemy pay for your incarceration. My God, I come to preach to somebody. Quit being the victim. Quit being sissified. Quit, quit losing your joy. Quit... God done said you're coming out. You got to make up in your mind. If I'm coming out, bless God, I'm going to take some stuff with me. You robbed me of my joy for years. You're going to increase. The Bible said if the thief be found, he's got to restore a hundredfold. Devil, before I come out of this prison, I'm going to get my stuff. Don't be so defeated that you'll run at the first open door and call it God's victory. The people didn't open that door. God himself opened the door. And Paul seemingly looks at God and said, I ain't coming out yet. It's not the right time. He goes to this guy's house. He's out of the prison. Goes to the guy's house and they bring him back because Paul said, I ain't coming out yet. I'm going to get there. If I could explain the mental picture I just saw. <laughs> you know what I saw. <laughs> Anyways, so the next day after the earthquake, the magistrates and the sergeants, the, the, the head people, the mayors, the governors, the chief captains, the presidents, the senators, these type people who put him in prison, now they said, they sent the surgeons, the peons, the little people, the magistrates who put them in prison openly, publicly, condemned them, beat them publicly. Now secretly, they want their little peasants, their little peons to go let them out secretly. We condemned them in public. But we want to secretly let them go. Saying, go let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told Paul, saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. The third time that Paul is able to come out of prison, he looks out. And he sees no audience. And he says, not yet. I ain't coming out yet. You see this attitude I got? I'm, I'm trying to impart it to you. I didn't come with some, well, I think so. Maybe, I hope, if it be God's will, that if I pray enough or fast enough or read enough or do enough or act enough or this enough or that enough, that hopefully maybe I'll come out one day. It's that attitude that at the first crack of a door, you'll run out and say it's God. 
You will allow public humiliation to bring private promotion, not God. I'm going somewhere. He said, go in peace. Paul said unto them, <laughs> I may just stop with this verse right here. Watch what he says. Can you, is it on the screen? Do we do that? Y'all got it in your Bible? I want you to see this. Because y'all think I'm playing with you. I ain't playing. God done come down, bust the jail open, and Paul said, I ain't leaving. The jailer takes him out of the prison, feeds him, cleans him. Now he's at his house. He can leave. Paul said, I ain't leaving. They come and said, the magistrate said they're going to let you go. Paul said, the audience isn't big enough. I'm not leaving. Now watch what he says in verse 37. I'm going to speak this to you and I'm going to get out your way. Paul said unto them, they have beaten us openly. Uncondemned being Romans and have cast us into the prison. And now they do thrust us out privately? I've been fighting hell for 10 years and my mama knows about it, my daddy knows about it, my church, my prayer warriors, my intercessors know about it and now the enemy wants to bring me out and let me go privately? Look what he said. No. In my words, heck to the no. That's why I had this shirt made. Had this shirt made. Can y'all see that on the screen? Y'all see that real good? That's just my country fight self. Y'all know who what y'all was getting into when y'all asked me to come. He said, no. They beat me in public, condemned me in public, unjust because he was a Roman. It was illegal to do that. They And they did this in public, put me in prison in public, and you want me to, they sent these peons to come let me out in private, head to the no. Watch what he said. But let them come themselves and fetch me out. A few months ago, see, I never knew, you, you don't know what's coming tomorrow. We're not even promised tomorrow. Several months ago, my wife and I were doing good. Everything was great. Our church was great. Ministry great. Everything's great. And all of a sudden, I'm reading this, Pastor Gary, Pastor Gary Stone. I'm reading this. And I said, look what all they did to him in public. I mean, just publicly abused him and privately wanted to free him. He told God he wasn't coming out. Earthquake, open, take off. What, you think God just opened the, the doors to joke with him? No, he opened the doors to let him go. Paul said, I ain't going. They took him out, took him to the house. You can go now. Paul said, I ain't going. They came and said, look, you're free and clear. You got. He said, I ain't going. He said, if they beat me in public, condemn me in public, bless God, they're going to free me in public. And I heard these words, public reinstatement.
Reinstatement means the action of giving someone back a position they lost. I didn't know what it meant. I said, public reinstatement, what in the world does this mean? And then all of a sudden, things changed for my wife and I, and things changed for my life and my ministry and everything around. And, and it just, it went crazy, just crazy. All of our cars were just up in the air. And at the beginning of it, I, I, I felt myself going, God, if you'll just get me back to where I was. God, God if you'll just get me back to where I got peace, I ain't got to worry about none of this. And he said, public reinstatement. And then we'd get up and we'd fight hell and fight hell and, and, and all these questions and all these things that we can't answer and, and all this torment and, and, and struggle to the point I'll, I'll be sitting at my couch and my, my daughter came up to me one day and she said, Daddy, what's wrong with you? I said, Honey, ain't nothing wrong with Daddy because you know Daddy's got to be Superman. I said, Honey, ain't nothing wrong with me. She said, Daddy, there's something wrong with you. She said, You don't even have any joy. Your happiness is gone. You come in here and you're just, you're just here, but you're not here. Daddy, what's wrong with you? And I said, God, if you'll just get me out of this thing, I, I, I'll just, just let me start over. He said, Public reinstatement. And all of a sudden, as I walked through this, I begin to realize God's intention is not just to get me out of something. It's to get me out of something with something I went into it without. Let me say that to this side. To get me out of something with something that I went into something without. I'm not here to tell you God's getting ready to do anything. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to smack the preacher in the face. I've been hearing God's getting ready. My God, it takes my wife two hours to get dressed, but after that two hours, she's ready. I've been waiting on God to get ready to do things for 48 years. I didn't rise and grab this microphone to tell you God's getting ready to do something. I'm telling you what God is doing right now is he's setting us up for public reinstatement. When he brings us out, bless God, we're coming out with fire. We're coming out with anointing. We're coming out with power. Publicly. I'm not going to go through hell privately and then come out privately. When I come out, I'm coming out public. Bless God if a homosexual can come out of the closet, bless God the church can be reinstated publicly. I ain't hiding in no closet fighting for my happiness. I'm coming out publicly. Y'all don't want to be free. Why the baptisms? We always ask it, Pastor. And I just know a glimpse from talking with him over the, and some of these other pastors that we're in relationship with. All this stuff that he was talking about and mainstream denominations coming up and calling us devils and demons and stay away from them and they're occults. And, and they don't mind getting on the internet. We live in a woke culture. Bring my phone. We don't know what we don't know what that means. I'm gonna read to you exactly what that means because we hear it all the time, but we don't know what it means. Woke comes from African American English. It means to alert to injustice in society. We live in a culture where we've given a voice. I mean, I don't even know any other way to say it. I guess this is fine. This is all I know how to say it. But we've given a voice to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Did y'all grow up hearing that? We've given everybody a voice. Oh, you're a woman, but yet you got male genitalia? Okay. 
Here's your platform. You're a a male, but you, here's your platform. Oh, you've been done wrong by culture? Here's your platform. And as the, the world's voice has gotten louder and more public, the church's voice. You can't even hear us. If I didn't have his microphone, you wouldn't even hear me. Because we are so beat down and so distraught and heavy laden. That we just want out. God, just get me out and I'll never do it again. God, just get me out. I promise I'll pray an hour a day. God, if you just get me out, I'll just get out and I'll take off running. We just want out. You do no good for God to just be let out. God can cause an earthquake, God can cause the prison doors to open. But he won't do it if you're satisfied with being publicly humiliated and privately set free. Why the water? Show me something else that is more public than having to change your clothes. Get in front of a group of people you don't know. Why do we have all these platforms and Sid Roth, one of the greatest worldwide platforms in the world. Why are all these people on the internet watching us right now? Why is God giving us the platform? Not for a man, not nameless and faceless. Why is he giving it? For us to come out publicly. For us to rise together and say we can coming out, but we're not coming out quiet. I'm not coming out quiet. Bless God, I'm coming out, but you're going to hear me roar. Yeah. And so during that season, I stopped saying, God, just get me out. God, just, just God, just get me out. And I began to question my own confidence in his voice. I began to question all these things. I said, God, just get me out for my family, for my church, for my ministry, for, for everybody. Just get me out. Get me out. And all of a sudden, he said again, public reinstatement. Until I found myself, all of a sudden things, doors just start, started opening. And I'd look out, and there was no audience. Y'all still ain't got it. There was nobody to bring out with me. I said, I ain't coming out yet. I changed my prayer. To God, don't, don't, God, get me out. God, just, I'm tired. God, just get me out. God, keep me in it. Keep me in it. Till you create a publicity. Till you create a platform, a fresh anointing, a fresh revelation that I carry something coming out that I didn't carry going. I'll stay in the prison until you publicly reinstate who you've created. You got to get a fight within you. You got to get a tenacity about you. You got to quit giving the enemy glory. Because every time you tell him how good of a job he's doing, it just praises him. Every time you live defeated during the day and let him rob you of your joy and rob you of your vision, rob you of your anointing and rob him of your, rob you of your money and rob you of all these, your purpose in life, you're praising him. Take control of your situation. Take control of your life. Use your mouth to create your future. I'm teaching our people that God created everything with his mouth. With his mouth. Deuteronomy, Moses stands before the children of Israel and he puts out before them, if you disobey God, here's what will happen. If you obey God, here's what will happen. He said, I challenge you, choose life. 
And he said this. He said, look, you think that the word of God is so far away from you. He said, you're looking to heaven, thinking somebody's got to go to heaven. He said, it's not there. He said, you're waiting for somebody to go across the sea and bring it back to you. It's not there. He said, but the word of God is near you even in your mouth and in your heart. You're waiting for the earthquake. God's setting you a platform to publicly bring you out where he puts a word in your mouth. So when you open your mouth, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I don't know if you're getting it. I don't know if you're getting it. Well, if this was of God, Pastor Todd, why are you facing all this backlash? And if it was of God, I mean, you know, even, wasn't it Elijah whose servant said there's more that's for us than that's against us? But it seems like now there's a, so much more against us than for us. If it was God, they came against Jesus. I'm almost done. They came against Jesus. I sent this to Pastor Todd a few weeks ago. John chapter 10, I think it is. They came against him and said, you're doing these things through the devil. All these miracles totally go against our doctrine. We've never had anybody. We've always had people come to the church and pay their alms and do their stuff. And then God would heal sometimes. Pool of Bethesda, if an angel came, well, the first one that jumped in. Sounds more like doctrine and religion to my God that everywhere Jesus went, you've heard it. He healed them all. Are you here? And Jesus said these words. He said, you don't have to believe me. He said, but you do have to believe the works that I do. He said, you don't have to believe in my method, but you can't argue. I told Pastor Todd, I said, preach it. Preach it. Everywhere you go, when these pastors and denominations rise up against you and say, oh, baptism's only for salvation. What's this new thing you're doing? It's an occult. It's all this. No, what it is, is God has built you a platform to go throughout the whole world so publicly God can heal the sick. Publicly, he can take away water warts. Publicly, he can take out cancer. Publicly, he can restore marriages. Publicly, he can make the lame walk. Why baptisms? Because it's in your face. It's public. You can't deny it. You may argue with the method, but you can't argue with the results. You want to fight? Bless God. You got the right one, baby, because I'll fight with you. I ain't been through all the hell and rejection I've been through to go out privately. God, give me this microphone to come out publicly. Reinstated back to my position publicly. Stay standing. I'm done. Let me read you one more scripture. Talk about prayer warriors. Well, where are the warriors? Where are you? Where are you? Prayer warriors don't run when the jail door opens. Prayer warriors don't run when they're getting their meat and getting their, their wounds healed up. Prayer warriors only come out when they know, bless God, that they're coming out publicly. I'm coming out with my stuff. I said, God, keep me in it till I have a new joy, till I have a new anointing.
till me and my wife love each other more. And I'm going to just tell you this. Stephanie don't like for me to tell this. But God did it in private so I can celebrate it in public. She always asks me, and I'm not saying my wife, she's me. But she, she's so concerned with us, she's trying to protect us. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm not saying anything negative to her. Wisest woman I know. Most precious woman I know. Don't take this wrong. And you, don't, you know not to take this wrong. So in the middle of all this stuff, we bought a house eight hours away from us, and it just fell right into place. They were wanting a certain amount. I'm driving home from church one day. The, the house wasn't even for sale. My wife, we're down there visiting some friends. She looks, she goes by this house. She goes, oh my God, I love this house. Comes home, starts telling me about the house. I never saw the house. About three or four days later, some of our friends FaceTime her and go, look at this cute house that they just put for sale by owner. Turned it around. It was that house. They wanted a certain amount for it. We didn't want to pay that certain amount for it. Probably making a smart decision. It was too much. We didn't need it. You see, you're going to stay private if you think God only wants to bless you with what you need. He said, I know what you need before you ever ask it. He said, when you pray, pray your desires. I don't pray what I need. He already knows. You know what I pray? I pray what I want. Y'all choked on that. You can't handle it. It's all right. It's all right. Go through a little more hell. So anyways, I went, I'm driving home from work, and the Lord says to me, go tell Stephanie she can have that house. They'll take this amount. I said, my God, that's, was it $70,000 more than what they want? And I think it's worth more than what they're even asking. But I didn't say, I mean, it came through my mind. I, I walked in, I said, hey, babe. God told me you can have a house if you want it, and this is what they'll take for it. She said, oh, I don't think they're going to take that. I said, watch this now. I got a point. I said, book us a flight for next Monday. Set up a meeting. We'll go talk to the owners. We go. We talk to the owners. We get to look into the house. And, and honestly, my mind, the more he talked, I thought, I wouldn't take that amount for this house. He's got more than that in the house. Just totally remodeled it. New floors, new paint, new everything. So we're sitting there, and he says, were you interested? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful house. He said, well, do you have a number in mind? I said, well, we're pastors, and I said, we try to lead our life by the leading of the Spirit of God. I said, and God gave me a number, and I said, so I'll give you that number, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to offend you, but we'll give you this, and that's it. So I wrote it down. He looks at it, and he calls his wife over. He says, "Hun, here's their offer. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want a counteroffer? She said, yeah, let's just talk about it, and we'll call them tomorrow. He looks at it, and he goes, no, we'll take that amount. Now watch. That's good, right? That's a public, that's good, right? Fast forward. The camp next to us is worth almost double. It's almost $700,000 owned by a millionaire. Watch this. Guy comes, long story short, I'm walking through the house. I go from the living room to the kitchen, and God stopped me just like that. And he said, I'm going to give you this house. Now, remember all this stuff going on. And I changed my prayer from God, get me out, to get me out with gold. I ain't coming out till I come out with some stuff. Publicly. If you're going to reinstate me, don't do it privately. Do it publicly. 
Two months go by, Stephanie comes down, we're there. I said, baby, you gonna go check this camp out? Why? She gets that from her mama. Why? I said, well, let's just go check it out. So we're going through there. She's standing in the kitchen. She's going. I said, babe, what's the matter? She said, I feel like we're going to own this place. I said, let me tell you what God told me two months ago. I didn't tell anybody. Fast forward, September a year ago. I'm getting ready to go to the office. God said, call him today and tell him to give it to you. Millionaire. What do you think I did? Because I had a word. I had a fight. I'm coming out, but it's going to be on my terms. You better take back control of your life. That's what I'm here to say. When you get in that water, don't come out without public reinstatement. Do you understand? called a guy. I said, listen, you need to give me that house. He said, what are you talking about? I said, well, here's how we can do it. And I laid the whole plan out to him. He said, I'll call you back in 30 minutes. He calls me back. He said, can I meet with you? I said, yeah. He said, Wednesday week, two weeks from today, I'm having it appraised because I'm about to put it on the market. I said, I'll be there. Well, how much does it cost a flight? How much is? How much? See, that's your problem. That's your problem. You start letting your mind figure things out. Uh-uh, I had a word. I had a word in my heart. The word is nigh unto me, even in my mouth. I told the millionaire, I own your house. I said, God said, give me that house. So I met with him. We would talk a little bit. He'd start talking about the house and the transaction, and I'd just walk off. And I'd be gone like five or ten minutes. Then I'd come back. I'd start talking about his pictures and stuff. And then he'd start talking about the transaction, and I'd walk off. He said, well, we're about to leave. I'm done. He said... What's it going to take to get this done? Let me just end the story by saying this. December, we closed on that house. Six hundred and something thousand, whatever dollar house given to us. Right in the middle of all this stuff. Now, it was given to our ministry, not just us personally. It's given to our ministry. But you know what it's going to do, Pastor Marty? People always ask me, what you going to do with a house? What you? I don't know. The Lord ain't told me. But that house is worth pretty much the same amount that I owe on the church building. You got to see the big picture. And let, let, let me end with this. I'm done, 757, because what you're thinking is, no, that's just not God. You're just an angry preacher. You, you have a spirit of anger. You have a spirit of anger. I'm not going to let you lay hands on me. You have issues. I do. I, I am angry. I get angry. But the Bible says be angry. Be angry. It doesn't say... You know, if you get angry, it says, be angry and sin not. You walk through the hell I've walked through my whole life. Experience what I've experienced and all the rejection and all the letdowns and all the lies and all the stuff and start seeing some of your dreams just go right out of your hand and tell me you won't get angry. You need to get angry. It's where you where you point your anger, how you handle it. I didn't get angry at God. I didn't get angry at my wife. I didn't get angry at people. 
I didn't get angry at the situation. I got angry at the magistrates. And I said, listen, I already know God's promises of God are to bless me, to favor me. I'm coming out. But matter of fact, since you put me in this thing, I'm coming out with your stuff. And you say, no, that ain't just the way. That's not the way Jesus did it. Jesus was, a, the meek shall inherit the earth. Now, Pastor David, calm down. We just got to the point we accept the baptisms. So let me give you a little scripture. If you don't believe me, you can believe the Word of God. This is talking about Jesus. Colossians chapter 2, 13 through 15. Can I read it to you? Y'all don't want to hear it. It's going to hurt your feelings. And you, talking about us, we, me and my neighbor, being dead in your sin and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that were against us, which are contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them. Jesus didn't go to a cross in private. They hung him on the highest hill. He said, some things need to be handled in public. Keep preaching. Keep preaching. Pastors that are baptizing and you're embracing what God's doing. This isn't what man's doing. This isn't been, hadn't been thought up. Keep doing it. Let them talk. How dare we let the culture awaken and be woke and the church be quiet and asleep. Wake up and demand the enemy publicly reinstate you in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.